When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. Just a really despicable, disgusting, gross, grotesque, whatever you want to call it, a week of baseball for the Guardians. We are back. Another edition of the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast right here at the Evergreen Podcast Network. And, of course, waiting for next year.com. It is Matt and Todd with you. What's there to really say, Todd? I mean, there is some good news with the All-Star announcements. And Nolan Jones is here, which is great. But uh, a 1-6 road trip into Detroit and Kansas City. The unnamed team is no longer. They're the Detroit Tigers. Because they own us. Uh, yesterday's uh, getaway day at bats in Kansas City and a lifeless performance against the Royals. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know what to say. I, I, I can't remember a worse week of baseball with this baseball team. It's been a long time. Well, this year for sure. I'll say this. I think that the All-Star break, if the All-Star break would have come uh, July 4th rather than July 18th, it would have been a lot better for this team. I, I, I think that between, and, and you know, I don't want to make excuses, but between the youth of the team and the 8,000 doubleheaders they play, and just, I, I think the grind is really getting to them. And I think that, you know, when, when, when we've talked about this before, but Jose Ramirez, when he is, hot and on fire the team plays well and when he's not hot and not on fire the team doesn't play well and that is you know the last two weeks or two and a half three weeks for jose uh have not been great since basically he jammed that thumb in colorado and he says he's fine uh but uh since he jammed that thumb in colorado he sat out the dodgers series it's basically been a nosedive for this team and, and I don't think it's a coincidence that you know he just this w- w- this weekend was the first home run he's hit in a month essentially and he hadn't driven in you know he's he, he he was driving in runs like a madman and then he went two weeks without driving in any runs and it's it's not a coincidence but I just think that I think they're exhausted and uh I think they're pressing and this is the first real uh signs of adversity that this young group is going through and I'm going to say that they're not handling it very well. Not to mention another side story. Anytime they get a lead, the bullpen has been terrible and it's been blowing leads left and right. So that doesn't help either. No, no. Friday night, certainly, uh, you know, Savali pitched a gem and it was great to see a couple of pretty good starts back to back for him. And then you hand it over to Eli Morgan in the eighth. I know uh, Hammy said yesterday on the broadcast, or maybe it was Saturday, that he thinks, moving forward, he wants Eli Morgan back in that sixth, seventh inning role, maybe multiple innings if they have a lead. And then he wants Stefan maybe to, be in, to pitch the eighth because he's been better lately. And then obviously Class A in the ninth. But you're right about the bullpen. I mean, that, that was kind of Friday's story because they should have won Friday. 
Obviously, blowout uh, the blowout Saturday where they got to face Heasley and Coar, who are not major league pitchers. They might not even be AAA pitchers. So that was a break. But all in all, you know, I sat in in Detroit in two game for two of the four losses, and it was like I said, lifeless and just I mean, sloppy. I mean, they can't even catch the ball. I mean, Owen Miller drops more balls at first base than than Rich Eisen drops selfies. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, oh, well the tr- it's the it's the truth. Well played, it's the truth. Well I mean, stop on both accounts. And it's just, you know, if you can't catch the ball, you're not going to win. You can't give free outs to these other teams. I don't care how bad Detroit is. A, a, a pop-up to start an inning between Sandy Leone and Connor Pilkington. But again, as I was thinking about it later in the week, maybe that's our problem, is that our issue is a pop-up is, is being hit between home and the pitcher's mound and first base. I mean, a real first baseman might have come in and called that off, and we're we're relying on Leone, Pilkington, and Miller to make the right plays. And maybe that's on the front office because none of those people are. I mean, I think Pilkington's fine, but and, and Owen we like, but maybe the issue is is that they're in the wrong position. Maybe Connor Pilkington's not ready to pitch in the majors. We know Sandy Leone's not a big league catcher well, anymore, and Owen Miller's yeah. probably not a first baseman. So that's. Not having Josh uh, Naylor, not not having Josh Naylor hurts really does. And he's been in and out of the lineup a ton. I mean, out more than in. Uh, as someone who owns him a ten percent capacity, he's my first baseman, and it's like every time you look up, it's like he's in the lineup, and then he's a late scratch. It, it's and again, it's not his fault. I mean, he's coming off a leg injury that potentially could have ended his career. But listen, that that instance, Sandy Leone was only here because Hedges is hurt. La Vestida uh, uh, was was on the um, uh, AAA uh, uh, injured list, so he couldn't come up and catch. And Pilkington was pitching because it was a double, you know, it was a double header, and they needed someone. But you know, regardless, that's that that series in Detroit, the four to lose four games to that shit team. Uh, the 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 first game losing to the uh, July fourth, the first uh, the day game losing to a kid making a major league debut was not a. Uh, uh, Highly touted pitcher by any stretch of the imagination. No, he just got sent. He just got sent back down. By the way, yeah, they couldn't touch him. They, you know, they, they couldn't touch him. They scored one run in that game. I mean, that was horrific. And then Tuesday, you have a, a matchup of Drew Hutchison, who's been DFA'd by about two hundred times, who is also not a major league pitcher, and and against Cal Quantrill, and you get smoked. And and they weren't even touch. The bats have been bad. Uh, I, I again, I think they're pressing. I think they're exhausted. Um, you know, I know you just touched on Owen Miller and the defense, and you have been harping on this from day one. I give you all the credit in the world because you said this team has to catch the ball if they're going to compete. And I and I know what the the you know the the analytics and the advanced stats tell us that we're not that bad of a defensive team. I watch every pitch of this team. They they're terrible defensively. I, I don't care. Ahmed's got no range at short. Owen Miller can't field whatever position he's playing, whether it's first or second. Uh, um, uh, you know, Andres Jimenez is great, but he's playing second base where he should be playing shortstop. We don't we don't hold we don't hold runners, neither the pitchers nor the catchers. I mean, if, yeah. if oh you God. if there's a walk or a single, you might as well put the guy in second base. You texted that this weekend, and you're so right. These teams are running at will on us, and it hasn't been this way in years past. Roberto and Hedges, the last few years, 
no one was running on either of those guys. But it's like when Maley and Leon and, and even Hedges, for that matter, are back there, teams are licking their chops. They can't wait to run on us. And I don't know if that's something that Carl Willis needs to work on with the uh, – I think I think he ha- I think he has because you saw over the weekend we threw over a ton no matter who was pitching there was I think it's become a concerted effort to hey remember to look over there and occasionally throw over there who cares if the fans boo who cares if it lengthens the game you've got to move them back see these runners are getting leads and just going at will it's it's ridiculous yeah it's 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 not good I mean this last two weeks has been. It, it's it's amazing how quickly the fortunes of a team can turn, because two weeks ago we were riding high, man. We were we were game out of first place, feeling good. We just you know had that big series win with the walk offs against the Twins, and you're like, this is great. And you know you got to give Rocco Baldelli, the manager of the Twins, credit. After the Andres Jimenez day game walk off homer, he gave that interview that you sent to me, and he's like. We're not worried about anybody in our division except ourselves. We're not panicking. There's a ton of baseball to be played. We're just, you know, we're going through a stretch here. That was a terrible series, but we'll be fine. And you know what? He was right because our team has fallen off a cliff since then. Yeah, no. And and look, let's be honest. The the Guardians are in the race. They are only four and a half back. They're, what, two back of the wild card? I mean, they're... Seattle's hot. Baltimore's coming up out of nowhere. How about the, or- about the Orioles? Orioles, actually, yeah. Uh, catcher's mitt. I mean, there's a lot going on um, in the American League. It's wild, and it's not going to – I don't think it's going to set itself. I don't think that there's anything etched in stone other than Boston, other than the Yankees, Boston, and, and Houston and the AL West. Other than that, this thing's wide open. The Rays could go downhill, the Blue Jays. The Twins, the White Sox, I mean, like you said, we've fallen off a cliff to an extent, but still in this thing. And the division's there to be had for many of these teams. I mean, I think the White Sox are still dangerous. Uh, They're lifeless at times. I don't – yesterday, the only reason they won the game against the Tigers was Robbie Grossman dropped the third out in the outfield in the eighth inning. It was nuts. He just drops a pop-up, and then the floodgates open. But um, So they're coming into town now for four. And you got to take advantage. I mean, you got to, you know, it looked like the guys were rested. Uh, the platoon was better rested after Thursday's <laughs> after Thursday's off day. There was the Stephen Kwan uh, Instagram post. They're out on a boat having a good time. I think they needed a day off. I think they needed to blow off some steam and have some fun and have a few beers and hang out. And then they probably should have won Friday's game, although they didn't score enough runs. Um, yeah, but they had a three-one lead going into the eighth and and blew it against three Kansas City. You got to win that game against the Royals. And then and then you have a three-three tie in the ninth, and you have the bases loaded and one out. Straw grounds out and and Quan lines out. You got to get a run there. You got to put a ball in play in the outfield and at least get a sacrifice fly. But they were always hitting sack flies. They were always delivering the first few months of the season. Now. It's been a rough couple of weeks, and really they haven't played. I mean, they escaped that twin series winning three out of five, but um, like, like, you know, like, like we said before, I mean, just basic plays not being made, cutoff men being missed. There was the one play in Detroit where I was there on Thursday or Wednesday afternoon or whatever when balls hit to the outfield, straw throws home, it's not even close, then Leon cuts it off, throws to second, throws it into center field. Um it's just sloppy. Bad news bear. It was bad news bears. It, it was terrible. It was. And look, everybody has a clunker weeks. Everybody has clunker games. That's baseball. But now coming home for 
this stretch against Chicago and Detroit, and again, they're going to miss Scooble. They're going to see some, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, four A arms again. You got to score some runs, take advantage, but catch the baseball. By my gosh, it's just sloppiness. Can I ask you a question? What What do you think they should do with Owen Miller? Well, right now, there you have no other choice. I mean, unless you put Nolan Jones at first. He has played plenty of first base in the minors. I mean, I think they think he's going to hit. I think they think they've got to kind of use him in that utility role because he's going to hit. But if he's not hitting, you're right. I mean, I was going to say, but he's not hitting. That's he was supposed to play second base yesterday. I don't know why Andres Jimenez needed a day off yesterday. He had three hits on Saturday. Well, why did Tito not use him? Like what? That made no sense. And then they they scratched Naylor, so put him put Jimenez in the in, in the lineup. I, I, it made no sense, especially another, like, another day of Ernie why, Clement. Why not, D, why not DH him if you don't want to play him in the field? He's one of your best hitters. He should play every day, and we'll get into it. But he just made the All Star team. Why does he get as many days off as he does? I don't know. And why does Ernie Clement play as many times as he does? It, it's insanity to me. Yeah, I'm sure that, just, I'm sure that doesn't I make do uh, I'm sure that doesn't make Hiram Boyd too happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. But in the meantime, yeah. So yesterday they announced, you know, they, they announced the All Stars, and uh, you know, your Cleveland Guardians had three between uh, Emmanuel Class A closer, who leads the American League in saves and has been essentially untouchable awesome. this year. He's awesome. Ho- yeah, Jose Ramirez, who you know, superstar, top five player in the game, and then uh, Andre Jimenez, who uh, you deserve all the cl- credit. You, I will. This I will is like you're like you patting me on the back so much and starting to hurt. Jeez. I, I will. Well, listen. When that trade was made, the redacted one, the redacted ex shortstop sent to the Mets, and the return was Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez and two minor leaguers, Isaiah Green and Josh Wolf. You said this guy, Andres Jimenez, is an absolute stud. He's going to be great right away. He's only 22. He can pick it. He can do it all. And here he is. They move him to second base where he shouldn't be playing. He should be playing shortstop. And he makes the all-star team in his second year on the team. And guess who hasn't made an all-star team yet in his two years on his new team? That'd be the redacted X shortstop. (laughs) 30-plus million dollars a year uh, at an older age. And meanwhile, we have a cornerstone player for our franchise. And this is what you – when you trade a superstar player – or an ale- excuse me, an alleged superstar player, you're supposed to get something like this in return in young talent, and it's supposed to work. And it worked. So credit to Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. I mean, they, they listen, say what you want about Ahmed. He's a serviceable roster piece. He, can, he should be playing all over the diamond. He's got great speed. You know, he hits enough. But Andres Jimenez is a, is, a, is a 23-year-old all-star in his second year on the team. So... Have at it. I'm, I, I'm just so happy for him. He seems like a really good kid, and he's clutch, and he's uh, hits the ball to all fields. He's smooth out there. I would love to see him at shortstop. I, I'm so, I'm so over it. I'm so over talking about it. It's a waste of time. Even even like yesterday, like the Royals got that two run single on a blue pit, and I know that they were sort of had the infield in, and they were kind of. Uh, in a shift, but the minute the ball's hit, I just know it's going to drop because we don't have a shortstop that has instincts to go make a dazzling play out in the outfield. 
you know, like an over-the-shoulder catch. Like, I already know. Like, once it's blooped, I'm like, no, nah, that's a hit. Unless straw can come flying in. Because we don't have a shortstop with any range that makes any spectacular plays. And it's bothersome to me. But, again, I know Ahmed has to play. I, I know the president of the Ahmed Rosario Fan Club listens to the podcast, Brian Silver. So it's like, you know, it's true. So, you know, that's it's... it's it is what it is. I, I'm excited for when he gets to p- finally play shortstop or if Arias comes up or Rokio or one of these guys one of these days, Tyler Freeman, whomever. Um, but for now, the fact that Andres got selected is awesome. You know, Ty France, everybody is saying got screwed and got snubbed. Well, somebody picked our guy over that guy, and that tells you something. You know, in this day and age of people being angry about the name change and people not coming to the games and all these things. We have three all-stars is pretty cool. And we kind of are down on the team right now for a one and six road trip and being a game under 500 again. But to have Andres on the team, he's he's awesome. I'm so happy for him. That was, that was really cool. I just wish you would have been in the lineup yesterday. Yeah. Side note. Uh, I was at a party on July 3rd and uh, I ran into someone that you and I both know. I'm going to leave his name out of this. And, uh, you know, was you know, big big sports fan. Guy says to me something. I, I said, "How many games have you been to this year?" He's like, "None." I'm like, "What? You go to you go to games every year?" He goes, "I can't." I said, "Why?" He's like, "The name change." And I was like, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" <laughs> I, I mean, I, I went hard. I went hard. I'll, play, I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who it was off the air. But I'm like, "What?" I was like, "So you're not going to support the team?" <laughs> Because they changed the name. I was like, what do the players have to do with it? What does your love? He's like, it's just something about, you know, the, the you know, the tribe. And he's like, well, they yeah. cave to the pressure. Oh, yeah. and, and I was like, and I was like, I'm done with this conversation. If you're this ignorant, I, I'm, I'm done. Listen, I understand the nostalgia. And you want to get mad, fine. And if you don't like it, I get it. If you don't like the new name. But to not support your local franchise because they changed the name of the team, the team that you grew up loving and you've loved your entire life over this, then you're just a fucking idiot. And I'm sorry if you're listening and you disagree with me. I'm sorry. That's that's the way, that's the way I feel. If you actually, you know what? No one who would be listening to this podcast would feel this way. (laughs) They might hate the name and you're allowed to hate the name. Um, And you, you, if you don't, you know, I get that. I get not liking it, but to, to completely stop following the team because they changed their name. That's the people I'm talking about are morons, pure and simple. Well, you know, it's uh, that's a nice bomb dropped by you, and I don't I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I don't love the name either, but you know what? They're my team, and uh, right. they're playing hard. They're the youngest team in baseball. They're enjoyable to watch, although this week was not enjoyable. But again, you don't just quit because they're playing poorly. Yeah. They're not trying to lose. Um, Let me also just add that this person it, it also goes to Browns games and has no problem forking over money to Jailbird Jimmy, who gave two hundred and fifty plus million dollars to a guy who has twenty four sexual. Uh, <laughs> you know, some let's not go there. Let, be, but that's my. But I my see, but I is, yes, I see what you're tying. How you're tying it in? Yeah, it, yes. yeah. It's 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 you, you can't you can't go you can't have it both ways. I'm sorry, you can't. Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, of course, brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, and, of course, Breaking Tea T-shirts, where you can get the new Andres Jimenez shirt, Night Night, where he's doing the uh, Steph Curry uh, sleeping thing. 
uh, with his hands uh, to his face. It's a cool shirt. It says Andre Cement is on it. Go to breakingtea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. It takes you right to the Cleveland Collection. And get yourself the new Andres Jimenez shirt. They got Jose Ramirez stuff, Josh Naylor, Shane Bieber shirts. They got everything you want if you are a Guardians fan. And if you're not and don't like the name change, then, hey, you can get yourself some Browns and Cavs gear as well. Um, I don't know if they're going to have a a Darius Garland, Kobe Altman, a dinner in Vegas shirt soon. Um, but, 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 you know, you're the cornerstone. Come on now. We love you. A toast to Darius. A toast to Darius t-shirt. They should make that at breakingtea.com slash dairy. Darius Garland is pretty damn good. But um, uh, get yourself your your gear there. It's cool stuff. Breakingtea.com. All right. So you and the executive producer, Jeremy, went on Friday for a scouting trip. This is very exciting. I'm going in totally... um, you know, I, there there have been no discussions about it, not much, because I wanted it to be fresh. I wanted to go in fresh by design for the podcast. So, uh, how was Akron Friday night? And uh, so give, give me the report. This is exciting. Let's just first of all. So Friday, because of the curfew that was going on in Akron, and there was a game that was canceled. They played a doubleheader that started at three thirty, uh, and so and it's two seven inning games, which. I have to say, I know they did it in Major League Baseball last year, and everyone complained that you know it takes away from the game. But when you're playing two games like that, that seven inning thing, it's not so bad as a fan. I, I won't lie. So we ended up, uh, unfortunately, Joey Cantillo was supposed to start Game Two, but I came to find out after the fact that they were giving him a week of rest, so he did not end up pitching. And the kid who pitched is like a. a, a I, I, to be honest, I can't remember his name. He wasn't. He's not a top prospect, and he got rocked. I was there for. Uh, so, so what was the oh, Brett? Was the uh, Brett. Uh, what's his last name? Brett Weir. Get yeah, Brett Weir. I <laughs> 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 yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I don't even remember who the pitcher was. To be honest, but here we were there to see the top four in the lineup, which were. Jose Tena uh, hit leadoff, Brian Rocchio two, George Valera three, and John Kenzie Noel number four. And I have to say that, well, first of all, before I get into the players, they put on a great experience down there in Akron. First of all, the stadium is fantastic. I've been to Canal Park. This is we're the executive. Oh, first of all, it was me, the executive producer, and Doctor Borland. We were all there. We 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 brought in. We brought in. Some- I didn't even know that. Yes, we did. Yeah. Late edition. How Naylor's an eight scratch. Uh, Naylor's a late scratch. I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Borland was the was the addition uh, uh, and he's a P1 listener. And he, we actually yesterday we were with him and he was telling us how with his his old high school crew, he likes to drop little nuggets in about you know, a friend that he learns from the from the podcast, and all of his friends are like super impressed by how talented he is. So he's like, "I'm just regurgitating stuff you tell me." <laughs> so in the mean, yeah. So in the meantime, uh, we go down there. We got there like right before first pitch. We bought we, literally third row seats behind home plate, padded seats. There were it's Brett. Bucks. It's Brett Daniels, by the way. Yeah, he he, he wasn't good. No, uh, he's not. But it, it, it was 22 bucks to sit third row behind home plate. I mean, I sent you some pictures. The, the seats were amazing. The food options, 
Oh, I had pulled pork nachos. Really? Fantastic. They sell Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Jeremy's pineapple with the uh, teriyaki pineapple with the uh, with the uh, uh, fried rice in it. They still have it. Wow. You know, Impressive. Last time, last time me and the executive producer went down to Akron for scouting was in 20, the summer of 2016. And the outfield that day was left field, Michael Brantley on a rehab assignment, center field, Bradley Zimmer, and right field, Clint Frazier. And then Frazier was traded like two weeks later for Andrew Miller. And I remember we said that day that uh, we both agreed that Zimmer's swing was too long. <laughs> so here. Still so we, is. We, we, yeah, still, yeah. Did you see that stat? This, I texted it to you. Uh, yeah. Stephen Kwan has 13, had, I think, 13 hits. This season against the Royals. Gage Will, yeah, yeah. 13 hits against the Royals, and Zimmer has eight the entire season for Toronto. And he's been on their roster all year. It's actually hysterical. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jose Tena played second, and Rokio played short. They're very smooth. Fielding-wise, I was very impressed with both of them. Uh, just fluid. They turned a couple double plays that were just so quick. Tena was What's really that? Quick. What's that like? Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, they they both just have great hands. Like Pritch has great hands. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Good, good footwork. I really enjoy. I, really good. Uh, I at the plate, Rokio struggled. Uh, I didn't see the. I didn't get a chance to see that uh, redacted X shortstop swing that he. I've seen so many times on video. Um, he struggled a bit. Valera played left. Again, Valera and John Kenzie Bowell are so as as small as Rokio and Dana are. They're 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 small. Like they, I looked at them and they looked like small guys. John Kenzie Noel and Valera look like you could plug them in right now, and these are major league bodies. I mean, Noel is huge. Valera is a big dude. Noel is huge. Like yeah. he's a, yeah. he's a little bit. We looked it up. He's like in between Oscar Gonzalez and Franville. Franville's like a monster. He's somewhere in between there. He's closer to Oscar Gonzalez's size. But he had that very unique stance, and he ended up hitting a homer, which was very cool to see with Valera after a Valera single. Uh, you know, I, Noel's 20 years old. I mean, you can see why they added him to the 40 man and that this guy is, is he's, he's got it. And Valera just, he looked great up there too. I mean, he didn't have a big game or anything, but just, you could see the approach, good eye. He handled himself in left field very nicely, smooth out there. Um, so I, I was, you know, I, I was happy to, uh, to be there checking out the, the scouting, enjoying the food, checking out those top, those, you know, those four top prospects. And a bonus was that we got to see Carlos Vargas come in and pitch uh, two innings, actually. It was an extra inning. It ended up going to extras. He pitched the seventh and the eighth. And the seventh got through smooth. In the eighth, there were some defensive problems. They end up, you know, they end up losing. But, you know, it was the ghost runner on second thing. So whatever it might be. But Vargas was, you know, was hitting 99. Throwing hard. Bring him up. Bring him up. Well, I don't know. Listen, I, after watching him for pitch two, pitch two innings, I'm not ready to rush him up here. I, I think he still needs work. I mean, he was basically just throwing heat, 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 heat. You know what I mean? So uh, this bull, the, the bullpen is so bad right now that it's like oh, our, <laughs> we're trying to find something. Yeah, yeah. And and, and 
that. But, you know, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they want to bring him off. You know, he hadn't pitched in a game in two years until about a month ago. So, but he looked good. Um, overall, though, just a great experience. Love it. Uh, I, would, I would tell anyone who's looking for, you know, a fun thing to do with your kids, go down there. They had, they had you know, they had uh, in between the innings they were doing uh, – you know, they minor league baseball, they do their shtick. They had these like inflatable animal mascot things that had names that were like, you know, Tommy La Swordfish. And it was a somebody blown up in, in a Dodgers <laughs> uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, you got it. That's, like, that's the fun stuff they do. Head, oh, yeah. you know, and doing a dance off with one of the coaches for the Altoona Curve. I mean, it was. You know, it was cool. It was cool. Bucko's Double A, Altoona Curve, which I did not know when we got there. Well, I think that uh, that's a great report. And yeah. what's nice is that this organization is is. I mean, they've built a great farm system. There's a lot of guys coming. You know, we've seen Oscar Gonzalez. We've seen Quan this year. We've seen Palacios. The executive producer always points out these guys start off really quickly and really fast and really well. And so did Nolan Jones. I mean. F- Despite all the the ales this weekend, I mean, for Jones to come up and rope a, a double in his first at bat to Homer uh, into the into the into the fountains on Saturday was a great debut this weekend, and it's a nice problem to have to think. Wait, wait a minute! When Oscar Gonzalez comes back, where are they going to play everybody? That's a good. That's a good problem to have. That, that's absolutely. So I'm yeah. loving seeing Nolan. He's got a great swing, a great eye at the plate, and there's more guys coming. So. As you just pointed out, and um, that's exciting. But yeah, I'll tell you that Nolan Jones, that swing is gorgeous. You know what he reminds? I mean, I know this is, you know, both left-handed white guys, but he has the same swing as Lonnie. He's got a very similar Lonnie Chisholm type swing. When he when he hit the bomb four fifty-seven on Saturday, wearing number thirty-three, I swear it was Russell Brannion. I heard on the broadcast, Andre was saying that they had to figure out how to get that ball. They were trying to figure out immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the net, the giant net, yeah. But they couldn't get it, and it sunk. So they had to have, someone had to swim to go get it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. But Very cool. No, I'm happy for Nolan, and I, I hope they keep him up here. And then when Oscar Gonzalez comes back, they got a lot of... They got to figure this out, and that leads to kind of the one of the last topics here. We'll get to the pitching matchups too, but you know the trade deadline's coming up, and over the weekend, Terry Pluto at Cleveland.com kind of threw it out there that hey, the Guardians have, have let it be known that maybe Fran Mill Reyes is on the trading block because you're right. If if Oscar comes back soon, and Nolan Jones, they want him to stay. Straw's going to play center field. I know he's struggling, but. He's coming out of it a little bit, which is good. His swings are so much better the last three, four, five games. Quan's playing every day. And Josh Naylor is your first baseman. Yeah, and Josh Naylor is is a mainstay. So there's got to be an odd man out somewhere. And Fran Mil Reyes has not been consistent for, what, two years? I mean, when he hits him, it's great. But the swings and misses are ridiculous. He's not in great shape. They can't put him in the outfield much. Would that be someone you move? So here's here's a, there's a couple of, of, of things. Number one, he's arbitration eligible uh, after this season. He becomes a free agent in 2025. You know they, they've put him out in the outfield a little bit, which is which is fine. 
but he's a DH. Let's let's call it what it is. Strikes, you know, his 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 strikeouts are way too high. He has been better in the last ten days, but it hasn't. You know, he's gotten better, but the team has been losing, so it's kind of gotten lost uh, in that. If you the the, the thing that I kind of want to slow our roll on is he's the only he really is the only guy who has like real power threat on this team outside of Jose Ramirez. It's not, it's not like this team's got a lot of guys hitting home runs. You know what I mean? So there's, there's that part of it. But, and the other part of it is we love how Oscar Gonzalez has played since he's come up. It's great. But let's not forget this wasn't Oscar Gonzalez was never one of these highly touted prospects. Uh, yes. He, he hit homers everywhere he's been, but he was always a high strikeout guy. Also, um, and I think that they were, they would even tell you the front office would even tell you they were surprised by how quickly he acclimated to the majors. But Frankmill's only twenty seven years old. You know, this is a guy that probably you could you know send to a contender to DH and and, and you know ha- would have value. You still got to clear up forty man spots. I know Jeremy and and and, and uh, Doctor Borland were tooling on me about my love for the forty uh, man. Oh yeah, I am Mister Forty. I am Mister Forty Man. But the truth is, they got to clear spots. They're going to have to add, like there. There are a bunch of players that will have to be added after the season. Bo Naylor being among them, and so they're going to have to make some moves and some sort of package. I mean, if Frangel Reyes moved, you have an easy situation. Frangel's gone. You can play. Nolan Jones or Naylor at first and, and, you know, kind of move guys around, go Oscar and Nolan and right Nolan and, uh, and um, Naylor at first. Uh, and then the three of them can rotate in that DH spot, or, you know, you can sit whoever, you know, J Ram for a day and Nolan can play third for a day, you know, and DH, you know, so moving him would definitely free up a spot for one of the younger players that's on the come. I mean, listen, look at Will Brennan. Will Brennan's hitting three thirty this this year in the minors. He's knocking on the door. They're yeah. gonna have to find room for him somewhere too. Yeah, I don't know where they're gonna play him. Yeah. I mean Miles Straw isn't Miles Straw isn't going anywhere and he's such a good defender and he covers so much ground. He's starting to hit I mean, he had a miserable May and June. And and July's been okay, but you're starting to see him come out of it. You can't play all kids. You can't. You've got to have some veterans and straw is not this you know, 30 year old veteran but at least he's been around the league he's been in the majors with both houston and and cleveland you can't play all kids and so this idea of well they'll just trade straw well no that you just signed straw to a really good deal a very he's good going, club he's, friendly he's deal. going nowhere he's right. going nowhere and you know he patrols yeah, so. center field very well so yeah so they're gonna have to find room for all these guys and it would make sense if they could get something that they like in terms of young prospects for Fran Meal. It would make it would make sense. And listen, I like him. I like him on this team. I, you know, when he catches fire, he goes through these you know, you remember He's so streaky, but they're all streaky. I mean Ahmed's streaky. He's, but he's extremely streaky. I mean, oh yeah. He carried there were there were there was like a six week period last year where right before the All Star break where he like carried us and he was so good and we were loving it and everything was great. And then he fell off the table. This year Hurt and fell off the table. So, uh, well, yeah, I mean, when you when you're number four, right? But when your number four hitter as an OPS is six twenty, which is what Fran Mill has. I mean, yesterday he couldn't touch anything. I mean, well, he can't he can't hit anything but a fastball currently. That's a problem, <laughs> and that's why I think his name came up right. in that article. You know, um, 
I mean, like like you said, when he's hot, great. But if if he's cold more than he's hot, and he can't play the field, and he's clogging up a spot, look, I don't, I don't want to deal him yet either. He's a great personality, and the, the, the players seem to love him. He can he can put a jolt into the baseball and really carry you for a while. But he's not had a good year at all. And when you need him to put the ball in play, and it's just swinging over everything. Um, and yesterday was miserable. What do you? I think he had four strikeouts yesterday. I don't. I didn't see his fourth at bat, but I know the first three. He was over three with three strikeouts. Yeah, he had four. Yeah, he struck out a fourth time yesterday. No, yeah, that's he, happened he, way too much. You ju- judging by his Instagram, you'd think he's having a great year, though. That's right. Yeah, he's like the. You know, he's like uh, Rich Eisen. On, on <laughs> I just want to say for those who don't uh, who don't know what I'm talking about, in the last two weeks, well, actually, I've I've watched this all the time. Rich Eisen from NFL Network, who is universally known as a great guy, is takes one selfie after another of himself. You know, of, in, in Italy, it's food and selfies, and every selfie it's this stoic pose, and it is the wealth flaunting is nauseating. And like, you're a 51 year old man. What are you doing taking all of these weird selfies? Come on, Rich, you got to be better than that. I just think it's bizarre. And it'd be different if like he made funny faces or is with his kids or anything. No, they, these are like these serious poses with his eyes, like very pensive, very pensive. Yes, yes. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me as I'm here. Hey, look I, at me in Italy. Congratulations. I'm very important. Like, yeah. To quote, to quote. The great Ken Carmen, congratulations on all your success. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I could go so many directions here. Um, all right. Final thing. This week, yes. White Sox tonight, two with Chicago on Tuesday, another day game Wednesday. I believe a day game Wednesday. Is that right? Or is that a night game Wednesday? No, it's night game. It's a four-game series, isn't it, against the White Sox? Yeah, and then, and then four with Detroit. Yeah. And then the All-Star break. Yes. Thank God. Thank God is right. <laughs> um, we need it badly. I mean, badly. I so, miss watching games, but, oh, Lord. As I look at it right now, and I don't know who's pitching the second game for Chicago, because uh, yeah, they, they have not announced it yet. yet, but it appears that they're going to face all right-handed pitchers. Unless... A TLR uh, comes up with some sort of left-hander for the second game. So tonight, Cal Quantrill against Lance Lynn. Doubleheader Tuesday, first game, really good matchup with Bieber against Cease. And then obviously okay. Connor, Connor Pilkington would start the second game. He wasn't terrible in Detroit last week, but again, he didn't help himself with a drop pop-up. Uh, and then Wednesday night, Savali and Giolito, who has not pitched well, but he always seems to own us. That would be Lucas Giolito. And again, the White Sox, they're just they're a weird team. They just have so much talent. And I just you know, but but again, you think if you think we can't catch the ball, you should watch them run the bases and try to play defense. It's not pretty. I show by the way, I show a Davis Martin uh pitching the second game of the doubleheader, and he's right handed. Okay. Yeah, he's I did a, not see that. He's a he's a rookie. Davis Martin. I've right. never heard of him, but that's that's what I'm seeing here. What about Billy Bear? Have you heard of him? Never heard of him. <laughs> and then Thursday uh, through Sunday, again, it's uh, Detroit. Uh, Tristan McKenzie against Elvin Rodriguez. He's coming back up. You remember when he was like lighting us up and then got hurt earlier in the year? Rookie pitcher. He pitched well and then yes, like, he had I to leave the game. That, yeah. 
Zach Plesak, who didn't get a lot of help yesterday. That poor guy. I mean, never gets any. Never gets, and he pitched well. I mean, it was like infield choppers, bleeders, and then the bloop. Uh, I thought he pitched pretty well actually yesterday uh, against Drew Hutchison again. Cal Quantrill again. I will vomit. Cal Quantrill <laughs> against Michael Pineda, and then Shane Bieber against Bo Brisky. So uh, there you go. But being what two and two and seven so far this year against Detroit is just brutal. Horrible. It kills. Horrible. It just I mean, kills me. Yeah, and especially because in the the years where the unnamed team has fallen off the table. You know, we've owned them. You, Lately, we oh yeah, eighteen and one against them one year. Yeah, like, oh yeah, not that long ago. Yeah. Oh, we've been like sixty above five hundred against them for like the last handful of years. It just seems like when they're good, we're not. When we're good, they're not. And uh, yeah, we're never, rarely have ever been good at the same time. But hey, give them credit. They they caught the ball last week. We didn't, and uh, they were you know, and they've got two all stars by the way, Miguel Cabrera and Gregory Soto. Isn't that so nice that uh, 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 Brian, uh, Rob Manfred named uh, Poolhos and Cabrera as All-Stars? <laughs> Poolhos sitting like 190, 197 or something. Yeah. I, you know, he doesn't bother me. I, it's whatever. You know, it is what it is. It's You know, the whole everybody, every team's got to have a, an All-Star thing is kind of played. Like, I was looking at the All-Star team. Have you ever here? Quick trivia. You'll probably know because it's NL only. Have you ever heard of Joe Mantiply before? Yeah, he's uh, he's a former Tiger, actually. Um, okay, I've never left-handed heard of reliever. Mantiply. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He made the All Star team for Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be you know, he'll be tra- he'll be he'll be traded he'll be traded. We could use him. What about your boy David Bednar? Hey, now nah. I've been talking about Bednar forever. I know he made the All Star. That's team. right. That's to you. And uh, Derek Shelton, the man—is he Derek Shelton still the manager of the Pirates? Yeah, I think so. He he gave Bednar a six pack of Iron City Light instead of champagne because Bednar is legit. I love that. That's, uh, yeah, they did. Case he, Iron. he did that. Yeah. Yes, in front of the team. In front of the team. That was very cool. Yeah. There's uh, also a reliever. No. There's a reliever for the Cardinals that I don't even know. Um, Ryan Helsley. Yeah, also he's never heard of him either. He's that was going. My next one. Yeah, he's, never heard of him. He's going to the All Star game. Yeah, he's actually having having a really good year. But I only know him from fantasy. But yeah. I couldn't I couldn't spot him in a lineup. No. Zero point seven three ERA. That's what that's what uh, that's what I'm showing here. So he must he must be all right. But yeah, well he's on the. I mean the Cardinals uh, are good. I mean they're a legit organization. So yes, they are. All right. When are you going this week? I'll be there tonight with the missus for her first game of the year. Oh, boy. Uh, which is very exciting. Uh, I'll be going tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and then, uh, <coughs> fr- uh, no, yeah, tomorrow afternoon, Thursday, and Sunday. That's gotcha. All right. Well, uh, yes. get it done, man. Hopefully they come home and play better. I mean, it can't get much worse than a one-and-six road trip to Comerica Park and Kauffman Stadium. But, uh That'll do it for the uh, Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Thanks to our friends at the Evergreen Podcast Network. And, of course, WaitingForNextYear.com, the Center for Advanced Dentistry and Breaking Tea t-shirts. We're out of room and out of here.
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?